Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. You know, when you think about Las Vegas, you think about entertainment. Everything from headliners to great local acts trying to hit the big time. Today's performers are responsible for a lot more than simply recording albums and touring. The business has changed and continues to evolve. Today, you'll meet a man that is considered one of the very best experts regarding entrepreneurial activity in the music business. His name is Martin Atkins, and he has been a drummer for a number of rock groups, a producer, record label owner, and a writer. Also joining us is your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Today, he will introduce us to the Wheel of Misfortune. And finally, the Wizard of Odds. Michael Shackelford is back with a look at one of our favorite games, Video Poker. Well, the world of music has definitely changed. It's a lot different than it was back in the 20th century. And we got a guy who was really successful back then as a musician who has made it his life's drive to help people in the what they call the entrepreneurial music business. And it's just changed so much. Martin, you've seen the evolution of music from when you first got into it. It's really changed a lot. And, and the things that were successful back in the 20th century are no longer the way you make money at this. Well, uh, I mean, that that's true. But I think... The music business is the place where everything is always changing, you know. So I think as long as people remember that it always keeps changing, they can pivot and be creative and survive. It's when people get stuck on, oh, Spotify isn't paying enough money, you know, and hoping that they'll be able to make a difference. That's when it becomes a problem. As long as people stay creative, they can they can create. You can create your way out of any problem. Yeah, in, in your career, actually, you've been involved in so many different groups: Public Image Limited, A Killing Joke. Then you founded Pig Face and a couple of other groups. You did some things with Nine Inch Nails. I guess that kind of shows just even the way you handled your career was. You're always trying something different, right? And you're always kind of uh, again letting those creative juices flow. Well, and not just not just randomly trying stuff. Like, I mean, you know, it just seemed very natural to me, having been in, a, in quite a few bands, to start my own record label. Because I watched. Um, it wasn't that I thought I could do an amazing job with a record label. But I knew for a fact I couldn't mess things up any worse <laughs> than other supposed professionals had done so on my behalf. So then... So I start a label, and after a few years, you know, it didn't take a genius to sit there and go, hold on, all of my money seems to be going to these three recording studios in town. You know, I don't always get exactly what I'm thinking. What if I, if I put some of this money into my own studio? You know, so, you know, this, it's always, um, 
It wasn't strategy. It was just steps. You could say, well, I started to teach and then I wrote a book. And that makes perfect sense, but that wasn't my plan. Um, I was asked to teach a class and I thought it would be interesting to teach a class. But then once I was doing that, I discovered there wasn't a book about touring. So I wrote one and I thought that was kind of interesting. And then I started to get asked to speak all over the world. And for probably four or five years or longer, it was one of the main things I was doing was flying around the world and speaking and being that guy. Now I'm, I'm teaching at Millican University in Decatur, Illinois, and I have my label. I've got my studio. I'm, uh, I'm speaking. You know, I'm doing a bit of everything these days. Well, you're kind of driven by this. This was kind of a way, too, it, it strikes me as I look at your career, where you're establishing your own independence. You, you can't really be independent if you, if you don't have control over these things. Well, uh, uh, right, and it's, but it's not, um, it's not control-freaky control. It's just you need to be able to make decisions. If you can make decisions that affect your future, I think uh, once you're involved in any kind of area, you can see the, the problems coming down the train track towards you sooner than an organization will tell you there are problems. If, if that makes any sense, you know, I think yeah. when you're working for a larger uh, organization, it might feel good until the moment that it doesn't. Yes. Whereas when you're working for yourself, it's more of a gradual, oh, this is changing. This is, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this as much. Perhaps this is where, you know, you can kind of mutate, grow, change, pivot, all of those things. Do you think a lot of musicians are they don't realize that the business side might not be as much fun as playing, but it's really necessary. Uh, well, I, I think that I take pride in making things happen that the numbers say shouldn't happen. You know, like my band Pig Faces, 17, 20 people on the road, you know. It doesn't make any economic sense, but there's a reason that Pig Faces has been going for well, close to 30 years now, you know. Musicians who've been on the road have the ability to pivot because every day on the road is it's a question that has to have an answer. I, I mean, you could say the show must go on, but really, if you don't find a way to make a show work and the show doesn't happen, you're not getting paid. It's really simple. So you have to find a way to make things work. And um, that creative problem-solving part of a musician's uh, toolkit is really important. And, but I've, I've seen so many people spend years now complaining about Spotify and trying to make streaming work. And to me, all streaming is is a blank cassette tape from the 70s. We, you know, we didn't get paid when our music was copied onto a blank cassette tape, but there was certainly a huge value in peer-to-peer -peer consumer sharing of our music, which created a fan base, whatever. But, you know, I think I just saw today there's only 7,500 artists on Spotify who are making over $100,000 a year. More with Martin Atkins, who played drums in a variety of English bands and subsequently joined Johnny Rotten's Public Image Limited, 
in just a moment. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home, and I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball cards and bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. Just a reminder, visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. Later today on Sports Rockin' Tours, we will get you ready for March Madness as legendary basketball writer Dick Weiss joins us to talk about the NC2A tournament. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Martin Atkins, who performed with a number of bands, including Nine Inch Nails. That's surprising. But that goes to show, like you say, and that's where you were ahead of the game. Tour smart. Touring is just so important now. I know I was, t- I was talking to Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind & Fire, and he goes, yeah, making albums and that kind of thing, that isn't how you make money at this, and you don't, you got to learn how to tour. And like what you're telling him is you got to do it the smart way. Honestly, it's. Uh, uh, I wrote that book over 10 years ago, and um, I'm still learning about touring. You know, my eldest son, Ian, he's a merchandiser. He comes out on the road with us. And he told me a technique he learned from bar managing. It's called the typewriter. Like, you know the way uh, the typewriter goes across, the words go across the page and then come back. Mm-hmm. So he, he said, instead of focusing on one customer, you know, which you would think that's what you should do, give one customer your undivided attention, and when they're finished, you talk to the next one. But from bartending... He learned the six people in front of you, and you scan them all. Maybe one of them just wants a shirt. Somebody else wants a 10-minute conversation about the live album, and is this what kind of drums does Martin use, and whatever happened in 94, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you, you make contact with the person who wants to talk for 10 minutes. Says, Excuse me, I just want to get this guy a shirt, you know. Right. And, it doesn't interrupt that longer conversation, but it also doesn't keep the person who just wants the shirt waiting. So, and I, I was just blown away. Like, like I need to write an addendum to some of these, um, some of these parts of the book with more increased detail. And of course, with um, with the way money is with touring now, and you know, when, whenever we get back to touring. It's so important that your merch booth and your inventory level and your your um, range of goods at different price points, uh, it's so important that you have that together. Yeah, and I love the way you approach it because it's sort of like owning a store, right? And your store is going to sell certain things and you, and you want to have things. You want to make sure you have inventory and you want to be able to service all the needs of your fan base. Yeah, and and that includes giving things away you know the merch booth is the new information vibe distribution point you know and i i say this just to upset some people but i would take my own merch person on the road before i would take my own sound person if if i had to choose i would choose the merch person over the sound person because the local sound guy can get an all right sound but it's the merch person who has a unique knowledge of all of this, because hopefully you've got 20 T-shirts and 20 different albums on different formats. You have a huge range of products, mm-hmm. you know, but you also need, it gets complicated geographically. So if you're playing Baltimore in January and you play D.C. in March, I think you need to have a different T-shirt, maybe a different live album, some different things at the booth so that people who saw you in Baltimore who come and see you again, there's something else to 
get them excited and, and another way for them to give you money and support you. Now, what about if you're like in Vegas, say doing some sort of a residency where you're going to be there for a few weeks or something like that? Is that a separate experience from the rest of the tour? Well, yeah. It's so if you, if you're if you have a residency in Vegas, I think the number one thing you need to be doing is if you're playing to a thousand people a night, you need eight hundred people on your mailing list. That's Vegas is an opportunity after fourteen days to have. 10,000 people on, on your list. And then you can look at that data and go, where are all these people from? So maybe that data informs some of the routing of the next next leg of your tour. You know, like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Whoever, hey, this person, that person, it's been six months since we saw you in Vegas and we're, we're coming to Boston and we'd love to invite you as our special guest, blah, blah, blah. Give them the VIP Vegas treatment when you're on the road, you know, and it's tailoring every approach. It's, it's important to maximize every single level you're performing at. More with Martin Atkins in just a moment. As a regular listener, you know that Vegas is a place with surprises. Want to visit a place that's a tribute to misfortune? Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, tells you what to expect. You talk about weird things. Wheel of Misfortune. What is that? <laughs> no one will ever go there, but I love it. It is it is in the middle of nowhere. It's at a it's in a place called Henderson, which is maybe 10 minutes outside uh, Las Vegas proper outside the strip. It is an abandoned mine. It is it, it is it's so strange. It's so a graffiti artist I don't know, woke up, had some uh, bolt of lightning strike and realized that there were these big open pits, they're round, uh, used in magnesium production. I think it was magnesium, yes. Uh, so uh, the, the mine has been abandoned uh, and this uh, graffiti artist named Aware went out with a crew of his friends and have painted this pit to look like a giant wheel of fortune, but it's a wheel of misfortune. So all of the space is on this wheel. It doesn't move, but it's huge. It's 250 feet across. And so each space says, lose a job, lose your home. It's all the negative things that can happen. Uh, So they are misguided because as you know, in Vegas, everything is good luck. You win a home, you win a job, (laughs) you know, you don't lose anything. So. But it's, it is a little bit of a trek. It's uh, off the beaten path. And I'm thinking that the site could be toxic. I read online that this abandoned mine could be toxic. However, if you're only there for a minute, what's it going to do? You're not going to leave glowing or anything. You're not going to lose any teeth, hopefully. But it is a strange Vegas discovery. And it is a quirky thing. It's best when viewed from above. So if you're on a helicopter flight, have them take you over. <laughs> but, but you can very easily walk out there. It's right across from the entrance to the uh, to Lake Las Vegas, which is also a great place to go, despite the fact that it no longer has a casino. It's still a great place to go if you're into paddleboarding. And uh, it's a body of water. Uh, Celine lives there, so go say hello. She's always outside doing gardening. <laughs> And, but no, the the wheel of misfortune is actually it is. I love that stuff because who the heck would have even thought of that? Who would ever go there? And you just pull over in this gas station, and they go, yeah, it's up the hill a bit. 
You pay them five dollars to park there. They're you know they're capitalists, so they're going to take advantage. You walk up the hill, and it's just this very strange, random thing in the middle of nowhere. Thanks, Scott. Remember to visit VitalVegas.com every day. There is no better way to know Vegas than by following Scott at VitalVegas.com. Don't forget to follow Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. This is Justin Shando, the 2010 Ultimate Elvis Tribute Artist. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with drummer, recording executive, and the music business program coordinator at Millican University, Martin Atkins. Now, you were talking about merchandising. I guess it's just as important then to have the right kind of designers and so forth because your music is one thing, but you want to have quality merchandise that people are going to want as well. Well, there's there's so many levels. But when you say design, I think most musicians think elaborate, intricate, you know, something Mm -hmm. that's obviously being designed. But another function of design is to fit a function. And one of the functions of merchandise is, yeah, you need the $100 thing. But you also need a decent T-shirt that's maybe just one color that's very cheap to produce. That's the thing you want to give to somebody who doesn't have any money. You know, oh, my goodness. Here's this this huge Aladdin's cave of merchandise. Oh, you don't have any money? Well, thank you so much for coming anyway. Let me give you a drinks ticket, and here's a T-shirt. And that is how you build the customer for next time. You know, there's so many levels to all of this. And how about something like a way you can really kind of establish your connection with the fans? And the thing that I comes to the top of my head is like ACDC, if they've got a ca- a, just a cannon in the front on the thing, you know, for those about to yeah. rock, and then that works for them. Is that an opportunity to take like, you know, to take a particular song or a particular theme and really highlight it? Well, I, I mean, it's all theater. And I think any band that's touring for a while, you know, maybe they started off, they were somewhere and there was a theatrical polystyrene cannon backstage, you know, yeah. and uh, and they wheeled it out and it was kind of funny and maybe the lighting guy put a smoke thing in the air. You know, things happen by accident and then you see the audience's response and like, hey, you know what? That was really cool. We should do that. You know, we started, uh, because I screen print, you know, I, I like to do uh, art prints and, and t-shirts and scenery we started to build huge pieces of scenery where where some bands would just have their name across the back of the stage. We'll have six banners, six feet wide each and 40 feet high. So, which, which seems crazy, 
it's a lot of time and money. And these days you have to have this stuff fireproofed with a fire certificate. Otherwise, they won't let you hang it in a venue. But once it's been hung on a tour, we cut this stuff up and sell it as memorabilia. And people frame it. So the crazy act of making new scenery for every tour actually becomes something that fuels future uh, gallery shows, art shows, and ways to, you know, not just make revenue from people buying it, but also, you know, send it to people who want a competition or as gifts, all kinds of things. Well, you know, you said it's theater, and, and I'm thinking, again, to bring up the Las Vegas thing, there's a number of groups that go in there, old groups, you know, that do these residencies, and some are particularly successful and some are less so. And one of the big differences, probably the most successful group, is Aerosmith. And part of the reason is because they put so much into the show. So that matters, right? It's not just enough to go out and play your hits. People love your hits. That's great if you if you have a series of hits. But if you give them even more than that, that does draw people. Well, I think it's it's definitely a place where you want to you have to over deliver, and and it's also it's this very interesting place. It's the intersection of accounting and not paying any attention to the accounting, right? So there needs to be another column on the spreadsheet for vibe, for longevity, for reputation, because you know. You can look at the spreadsheet. The last time we toured with Pigface, um, the last two shows, uh, Danny Carey from Tool flew out to play drums with us. We already had two drummers. I think two other people came out uh, to play drums. We ha- I think we had four bass players. And, you know, an accountant might say to you, hold, uh, hold on a minute. You don't need four drummers. Well, of course you don't need four drummers. But the spectacle does, the story does, the vibe and the reputation does. So you want to surprise and delight people and excite them. You know, something we did, the the last time we played was at the end of 2019. We had a whole, we had a 50-day tour cancel in 20, uh, uh, last year, 2020. But one of the things we did uh, we wanted to honor and delight anybody who bought VIP tickets directly from us. So we had all of their information, and we invited anybody who wanted to come to, to be at rehearsals. And we just thought it was, you know, it, it didn't cost us anything, you know. So, and, and people freaked out. They loved it. And so then I thought, well, what, what else could we do? We're inviting people into our home. What we, we ordered, I think, six or seven pizzas from a, a, a pizza place here in Chicago. And I thought, well, if we're going to have pizza, we've got to have some crappy beer. You know, so <laughs> I think we got five or six of those 30 cases of PBR, which didn't cost anything. So, so not only did we delight people by inviting them to rehearsals, they walk in, there's pizzas, we're honoring them, it's like, hey, there's a fridge full of beer, you know. And then here's, here's what's amazing. When there are 50 people standing around in your rehearsal room, everybody was twice as good at rehearsals as they normally would have been, you know. I would expect to look over and see one of the bass players, you know, on their phone 
eating Chinese food, kind of halfway paying attention. When there's 50 people to, to witness rehearsal, everybody was on it. So by giving, we ended up benefiting. And I will never not invite people to rehearsals again. And that is a great idea. And also, it makes a kinship where, you know, I would assume if I went to something like that and I experienced that, that's my group, man. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to forget that, which is, right. which is great. Right. And, and, then, and then don't forget, you know, with, in the Internet age, right, normally at rehearsals, everybody's busy. Their, their hands are busy playing bass or drums or whatever. And people would take a picture here or a picture there. Maybe the sound man would post one photograph to Instagram. We had 50 people taking pictures all night. I mean, it, it was uh, there must have been 5,000 pictures from rehearsals, which then spread the excitement of like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? Is that pig face rehearsing? Yeah, they're going on tour. Oh, my goodness, I didn't know. Where can they get tickets? I mean... It, uh, it seemed like it was a crazy idea to do it, and once we did it, it seems crazy not to. We'll be back with more from Martin Atkins in just a moment. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? You send me a photograph, and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you, and then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the Portnoy Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery, which now, since its inception in 2017, has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoy? Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery. Artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idroppeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age, memory is the second thing that goes. Make sure to listen to Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. If your station doesn't carry it, call them and ask them to carry Sports Rock and Tours. In the meantime, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to Martin Atkins, founder of the industrial supergroup Pigface. Milliken University, what you're doing there, uh, it's a different way of thinking. And, and, and what's interesting I find about it is you, you found that just kind of by trying something and look what goes up there. It's kind of constantly thinking out of the box. It's first-rate marketing, and that's what this is about. Well, I think I – think, I don't know where I first started. To, maybe Seth Godin, uh, maybe uh, Andy Cernowitz from Word of Mouth. Um, he was on the Word of Mouth Marketing Council. But it's like you've got to create the story. Once you have the story, you don't need the marketing. If you don't have a story, you're going to pay so much money for, for marketing. What? You know, you, 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 once you have a story, it's true, it's authentic, and uh, you need to sometimes help the story along and spread it. But, um, but I, I think I shifted my focus to creating experience and, and you know when people buy tickets direct from us well you know i i sit here so obviously i know their address i know their shirt size because they're getting shirts and a pass and some other information and i said well i need to put a personalized note in with in every one of these packages and the other side of my brain the accountancy side the the the, the efficiency expert is gone Oh, come on, Martin. You're going to have hand cramps if signing, you know, 450, 500 personalized letters to people. Once you start signing these and, and personalizing them, then it becomes another job to make sure that one person's personalized note doesn't go in somebody else's package because that's the opposite of, of personalization. And then I started to throw a handful of candy in with each little box. And, and, and I just thought, because I, I heard of a hi-fi, uh, a musical instrument company, and they do that. So you, you read these silly stories of somebody who spent hundreds of dollars on a piece of equipment, and they're, they're delighted by a handful. Started to put candy, and then I second-guessed myself. I had to go to the store and get another huge tub of all of these different kinds of candy. And even my wife said to me, what are you doing? You know... Like, oh, now you need to go and spend another couple hundred dollars at the store. It's, it's going to be a, all these bags that you have to open and mix up. And she said, like, you do this to yourself. And so I nearly didn't do it because she was right. You know, there's a lot of work and not much money, but more money than no money. But, but sure enough, when people opened up their packages, they, they spread everything out on the kitchen table or wherever. You know, they made sure people could see the personalized note because I'd honored them. And, you know, most people, there would be candy. I saw a few pictures where there wasn't any candy. And I thought, oh, my goodness, <laughs> did I forget to put the candy? And then I'd read their email and it would say, I ate all the candy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the best part of my day. And so you start to realize if that's all it takes to make someone's day and delight them, that you, that's our job. 
you know. I mean, that you know, it's funny about that is that's what they're going to tell their friends about first before they get into the equipment or what have you. Uh, they're going to tell them about I got candy or I got uh, a, a personal note. You know, they're going to get the tickets anyway. But this is something special. Yeah, and and I'm, you know, I'm sure anybody playing Vegas, ACDC, anybody, you know, they know Metallica. Those guys are all over it. They know that somebody who's a fan. Uh, uh, from 20 years ago will be a fan 10 years from now. And so that's a different way of, of looking at these relationships. And um, that's why I'm all about, uh, we do lots of events where they are pay what you can, pay what you want. Mm-hmm. And some people don't have any money to pay. They, they want to pay $100, but they, they can't pay anything. We still want those people to, to show up, you know, because, you know, they'll, Hopefully, will come a point where yeah. they are doing better, and and when you when you trust people to pay what they want, uh, you know, ten people will pay nothing, and and the eleventh person will pay a hundred dollars, and 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 that's that's another part of that whole situation as well. Well, I have one last question, and of course, you got to be able to pivot, like you said earlier. So, what were you telling people with the pandemic? Because all of a sudden, you can't do this stuff, you can't tour. I was, what do you do? Well, well. I was very lucky. I was working with the students down at Millican, and we do something called Midwest Music Expo. It's a kind of a student-run uh, conference. And the first one, we held it on campus because there's a $25 million commons building with a Starbucks in it, you know, and we're very proud of it. So here we are, uh, April of, uh, of 2020, and, and I said to them, we, ca- we can't do this thing in May. The more successful it is, the more people show up the worse it's going to be, really, with the pandemic. And so we switched to an online uh, event. And we tripled registrations. And instead of having people from a 250-mile radius of Decatur, that was Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis, etc., we had people from 23 countries. And um, Lol Tolhurst, who played drums with The Cure, He's a friend of mine, and he lives on the West Coast. He said, oh, I'll do an hour-long session. He has a, he has a book out about his time with The Cure. And uh, Randy Blythe, a singer from Lamb of God, did an hour-long session with And I, I suddenly realized, well, the, the pandemic is terrible, but it isn't the end of the world. Mm. There, there are opportunities and silver linings. And so uh, that was a great lesson. I just started to do, I did 80 online events last year. Um, all through the summer. And and I tell people in bands, it's just a different opportunity. You, you, It's very difficult to put on a great show with a big sound system that, that moves people with a bass drum. You feel the bass drum in your chest. You know those great sound systems that they have these days. But what you can do, different from a live show, is instead of putting aside half an hour before and half an hour after, the show for meeting fans. You could spend four hours online chatting with fans that, that you'd never have the time to chat with ordinarily. And so you can build this other part of your relationship with a fan. You can get to know them. Um, we, we did an event on Saturday. It was a, a couple's 23rd anniversary. Somebody else had just had a pipe burst. You know, just uh, so you share these moments and and then you go out and tour and you make sure you invite all of these people and spend a little bit more time with them and, and, and grow that side of your relationship with the audience. If people, Martin, want to get a hold of you, want to know more about uh, the music industries, uh, 
thing over at Millican University, or just outside of Chicago. How do they do that? There's a few ways. You can follow me on Twitter. I am Martine, M-A-R-T-E-E-E-E-N, four E's. Uh, I'm on Twitter all the time. If you want my third book, Band Smart, which is 600 pages. It's like an old-style phone book, if you remember those. <laughs> um, uh, you can download that for free from martinatkins.com. And I think those are two pretty good ways. I'm on Instagram. My handle is Flowers Fight for sunshine. And I know we're supposed to have consistency across our accounts, but I just like Flowers Fight for Sunshine for my Instagram name. Well, Martin, thank you so much. We will be back. Oh, thank you. It's really nice to talk to you. Things are getting back to normal here in Vegas, and if you're planning a trip, chances are you might want to play video poker. We asked our gaming expert, Michael Shackelford, can you win? Video poker is my favorite game. I have, uh, I am not on the positive uh, side <laughs> of the ledger uh, over the years, but you know, every now and then you have one of those great moments, but seems kind of tough. Is there some way for somebody for me, if I go to you, Michael, and say, can you up my game a little bit? Are there some things you can do? Absolutely. I could talk about video poker all day long. It's, there are two things to video poker. You have, it's game selection and then playing your cards right. And pay tables have gotten a lot worse through the years. Nevertheless, there are good pay tables out there. And if you combine a good game with mailers, cashback, comps, you can have a small advantage in video poker. It's nowhere near as, as good as it used to be, and not necessarily every casino is great in video poker. So it's something that requires a lot of work. But if you're a slot player, I, I could pretty comfortably say that the worst video poker game is probably better than the best slot machine. So I would absolutely advise any slot player to convert to video poker. Thanks, Michael. If you're planning any kind of wager in Vegas, visit Michael at wizardofodds.com. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. The Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both shows on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Madge reminding you... Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go!